kidding. Today we come to a story that I think is very important for all of us and it is the story of a grieving family. It's the story of really of grieving friends and a, a whole community that's grieving and it's a familiar story. I'm sure you've heard of it somewhere along the way. It's the story of Lazarus. Lazarus lived in Bethany right outside of Jerusalem and he lived with his two sisters, Mary and Martha. And something happened and one day Lazarus became sick. We don't know of what, we don't know how, but he became sick and then he passed away. And in that moment, a lot began to swirl through the hearts and minds of not only his relatives, but, but also his friends and then the friends of his relatives and friends. It seems like that even though Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick and that he was in need, it seems like Lazarus, or well, it seems like Jesus took his time getting to Lazarus. Um, he seemed to, you know, maybe not care to some people in the story. But Jesus finally made it. And just as he's outside, not far from where they are, one of the sisters runs out to him, and her name was Martha, and she said, Jesus, where have you been? Have you ever asked that question? God, where have you been? Where are you? Jesus has a conversation with her, and he looks at her and says, oh, he'll rise again. And then, you know, she gets into a theological conversation. You know, well, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says, no, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. They go in and continue the story. And we pick it up in John chapter 11. We'll start in verse 32 and read through 44. It reads, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also keep this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and had a stone lay across it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. He has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe you that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Let him go. If you'd like to take notes this 
morning. Point number one is simply this. It is that we are living the Lazarus story. We still are. We still are. Each and every one of us are living this story. We're very familiar with this story. It's the story of having to say goodbye to someone. It's the story of having to go to a funeral of someone that we know and love. It's the story of grieving people. It's the story of sorrow sinking into our hearts because yet again we've lost someone else in our life. We are familiar with this story, and I can prove it to you. Have you ever been to the, a funeral? Yeah? Then we understand the story. And even if we have not experienced the pain personally ourselves of losing someone very close to us, we've watched it. We've seen it in other people. We've seen people grieve and cry and cry. You know that ugly cry? You know? That, that deep, guttural cry? We've seen it, even if we have not experienced it. But if we haven't to this point in a deep and personal way, we certainly will at some point. And we all find ourselves at different points in this story, maybe even right now. Maybe we find ourselves just like Mary and just like Martha. Maybe we find ourselves grieving the loss of someone very close to us. Maybe we, maybe we find ourselves as a friend of Lazarus. We've lost a friend, someone who is not blood kin, but, but very close to us. Or maybe we're the friend of the relatives or the friend of the friends. And we find ourselves consoling those who are going through grief and loss right now. Again, no matter where we are in the story, we're there. And the story is very relevant to where we are. But maybe you're also like Mary and Martha, and maybe you find yourself a little confused. That's normal. Maybe you find yourself not just confused, maybe you find yourself really frustrated with Jesus. They seem to be. That can be normal too, by the way. Maybe you find yourself living with a whole lot of questions. I don't know what it is, but what I know is that this story is true for us. John 11, and what we see here, is something that every single one of us experience. And I know that we try to hide it. I know we try to push it out of our mind. I know that we, we, we don't like death unless it's in a video game or movie or something like that. And then we kind of make light of it. But, but death is a reality and we're living with it. But point number two is also very true. And that is that Jesus is still with us. Just as Jesus walked into this place on this day with this family, with this group of friends, with this community, Jesus is still here with us. He still shows up. And even though sometimes we think that his timing's a little off, <laughs> he still does. And I happen to believe that his timing is always perfect, by the way. If it seems like Jesus is late, that delay is something that is divine. And Jesus is waiting to just the right moment to show up in the midst of our grief and our sorrow and our pain. In just a few weeks, we're going to start celebrating the Advent season. The Advent means the arrival, the coming of Christ. And then we celebrate Christmas. And that whole season is about this God who we get to call Emmanuel, God with us. There was a preacher from England many years ago had an amazing impact on the world and his last words, his dying words were, the greatest of all is Emmanuel, God with us. That is the greatest thing of all. And the amazing thing about Jesus is he's still walking into our lives, especially in these moments of pain and grief. He still shows up. And one of the greatest acts of kindness that Jesus can give us is actually just simply his presence. In fact, one of the most powerful ministries that there is in life, one of the ways that we can be kind to other and others and minister to others is simply to show up whenever there's grief and pain and sorrow in their life. 
Don't even have to say anything. Just show up. It's called the ministry of presence. Just be there with them. And just as Jesus walked into this family, this friend group, this community on this day, he does the same for us. But not only that, not only is Jesus with us, I believe Jesus is doing something very important. And we all like the story of a hero, right? I mean, we, we, we like the story of, of some kind of hero who conquers some kind of thing. I'm telling you, Jesus is unlike any other hero you'll ever meet. Because Jesus does not just try to put on a strong facade for, for us all to see. Jesus gets in the dirt of our lives. And actually, point number three is that Jesus, in the midst of our grief and pain and sorrow, Jesus is still weeping with us. Shortest verse in the Bible, there's a fun fact for you if you didn't know it. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. That's all it says. He just wept. He walked up and he saw this grieving people and pain that was cutting through them, and he wept with them. See, when you feel the pain of death, when you feel the pain of life, when your heart aches or when your heart breaks, we have this God who his heart aches and breaks with ours, which means that, that we never grieve alone. Not only do we not grieve alone, we never go through sorrow alone. We never feel that alone. We never shed a tear alone. Even though someone may not physically be with us, Jesus is grieving and weeping with us. You see, this God who created you, this God who knit you together in your mother's womb, this is the God who knows you and feels what you feel more intimately than you could ever imagine. And when you grieve, he grieves. When you weep, he, he weeps. But while we're living this story, Jesus is not just present and he's not just weeping with us. The next point is that Jesus is still loving us. He's still loving us. Now we say this a lot in church. We sing about this a lot in church. We pray about this a lot in church. And we pray about it so much that we kind of become numb. We become um, kind of inoculated to the idea that God loves us. And we have to remember that God's love is an action toward us. But this is a very powerful point. Matter of fact, whenever we see Jesus show up on the scene, it says Jesus wept. The very next verse says, so the Jews said, see how he loved him, loved him. See, something was going on in this moment that was very, very powerful. See, some think out there, maybe you, some think that grieving is kind of a faithlessness thing. I mean, I've heard people say, you just you got to get over it. you got to get past it. you got to move through that. you know, you, you got to have faith, and everything's just going to be okay, and you're going to feel just fine. That is not true. And whoever told you that's a liar, or at least ignorant. That's not true. You see, God does not like it when you grieve. God does not like it when you experience sorrow and when you experience pain. But God loves the fact that you can grieve and feel sorrow and pain. Could you imagine what it would be like to live in a world where you could not feel pain? Where you could not feel grief? You see, grief, grief is one of the greatest testimonies you have of love. You grieve, truly grieve, and experience the pain of loss because you have loved someone and they have loved you. Which means grief is a gift. It is a gift. 
It is a testimony that you have loved someone and that you have been loved by someone. And in this gift, this love, this grief that God allows us to experience in this loss that will one day be taken care of in heaven. Absolutely, I'll get there in a minute. But what God allows us to experience here in this moment, God comes down, as the psalmist says, and he is near the brokenhearted. And he brings his love and it washes back over us and into our lives in beautiful ways. And he is with us in that moment, loving us, loving us. And showing his love to us and showering his love on us. In the midst of the amazing testimony of grief, he still loves. But we have to be honest. We have to be honest, and point number five is an honest point, and that is that Jesus is still a mystery to us in many ways. He really is. I mean, if you have it all figured out, I'll be glad to meet you right over here by this door, by where Jared is sitting, and uh, I want to shake your hand. I'll even take an autograph, if you have it all figured out. But just like Mary and Martha on this day, we, we, I think we live with some questions. I know I do. Most of my questions have a pattern to them, actually. The questions that I ask normally go like, why them then? That's normally my questions. Why did they have to go through that, experience that, leave this world at that particular point in time? I live with a lot of those questions. You may have questions. You may wonder why them then, or why them now, even. Again, some people think that if you have questions, then, oh, you must be doubting in some way. I'm sorry, that's not true. Do you know what it means when you have a question? Do you know what it means? What it means when you have a question is simply, you have a question. That's all it means. When a young boy or young girl sitting in a schoolroom, a classroom, and they raise their hand and they say, teacher, I have a question. The teacher does not respond, why do you doubt me? Right? No. Good question. Either I'll answer that now or I will answer that question later is normally the response. And God does the same. He does the same. Sometimes we come to life and we're struggling or we experience pain and we have very real questions. Sometimes God gives us the answer to those questions in real time, in real space on this planet. Sometimes. Sometimes God says, I'm going to have to give you that answer in eternity, but one day you'll get one. And because of that, Jesus is still a mystery to us in many ways, and that's okay. That's okay. What Jesus told this group of people on this day was to believe. Believe. I am the resurrection and the life. I know you got questions right now. It's okay. You'll get some of those, but believe. I really believe that every question I live with on earth will one day be answered in heaven. And I may just need a resurrected body and a resurrected mind to comprehend the answer. Maybe. Right? 
And so Jesus is still a mystery, but while Jesus is still a mystery, Jesus is still revealing God's glory. That's point number six. He's still doing it. Again, this is what he told Martha. He said, did I not tell you if you believed, if you believed, if you believed? That's very key, right? Did I not tell you if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I believe that when we believe, we can see the glory. Glory meaning God is on display. We can see God on display all around us in life in amazing and powerful ways. I've seen God on display this week, guys, in beautiful ways. I got to hold this tiny six, seven-week-year-old foster child and, and watch a family come around this child. It's amazing. God is on display in that moment. I got to walk in an emergency room, room around 1 o'clock in the morning with a couple who have been together for many, many years and they're waiting on a diagnosis and oh man, let me tell you about the faith in that room. God was on display. God was on display. One of the things we need to pray for is God, would you give me belief? Help me believe so that I can see you on display all around me in big ways, in small ways, in every way. Because he's still doing that. Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is still putting God on display in beautiful ways on this planet. And he says, you can see that. You can see it. Point number seven, and I know that you're glad that I got there. I saw the worry in your eyes. It's okay. Point number seven is that Jesus will one day call our name. You'll one day call our name, my name, your name, hopefully. See, even though we don't understand it all, one day we're going to pass through this thing called death. And if you're lucky enough and blessed enough, you will have a community of people just like this who will get to celebrate you on a screen just like that, if you're blessed. And as we make that transition through death, this thing that Jesus has overcome, he's going to say, welcome home. One day he's going to say there's no need for that urn and ashes. There's no need for a coffin. He's going to resurrect it all. And the question this morning is, is that true for you? Is it true for you? Just as Jesus stood there on that day and he yelled out Lazarus' name and he told him to come out, is one day, is he really going to call you by name? That's the question. Because Jesus, he, he has this very scary saying, actually, in some ways. He, he says, you know, there's coming a day when I'm going to have to say to some people, depart from me, I never knew you. They may say, Lord, Lord, but I'm going to have to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And the question for me and the question for you does he know us? Does he really know us by name? And one day will he call our name? I've told you about my grandfather. He was an amazing man. His name was Leon Montgomery. He was born in 1919. He had a stellar education, let me tell you. He made it to the third grade. He quit because he was 14 in the third grade. 
That's what happens when you're growing up in the depression and you have to work to put food on the table. And even though my grandfather could barely write his name, he had an encounter with God one day that changed his life forever. And every person he met after that, he told about this Jesus. So much so that when my grandfather passed away, he pastored a church that had record attendance of 75 people on a Sunday. And that was an Easter. When my grandfather passed away, they had to open the doors an hour early because the line was going down the street and they had to keep the doors open an hour late because the line was still going down the street. And people who walked by and talked to my grandmother and my dad and my aunts talked about how the time they remember Leon sharing Christ with them. On my grandfather's tombstone, there's a saying. The saying goes like this. It says, Look upon me as you pass by, where you are now once was I. Where I am now soon you will be. Prepare yourself for eternity. Look upon me as you pass by where you are now once was I, where I am now soon, soon. It goes by pretty fast. Soon you'll be. Prepare yourself for eternity. You see, what today is about is about celebrating those who have gone before us. It's also brings us, it brings us to this place where we are reminded of our own mortality and we have to ask the question, are we going to continue to carry the torch? Are we going to continue the legacy of the people of God here in Montgomery and in the River Region? And one day, will we really hear him call our name? Will, will we really hear him? That's a question that only you can answer. But before this service is over, I beg you to answer it. Does he know you by name? And do you get to walk around with the hope and confidence, that confident expectation that we talk about so often, that one day you'll hear your name called? I hope so. But again, only you can answer that. So Father, would you help us? Would you help us come to that place where one day we hear you call our name and then all of the linen strips and bandages that have bandaged up our wounds in this life will one day come off and we experience the healing that only you can give. Lord, one day you're going to call people from every tribe in nation, in tongue, from around the planet and throughout the centuries. And Lord, I ask that for all of us here in this room and those watching online, on television, I pray that we would know that one day we know that our name is going to be numbered among them. And if we have any doubt about that, may we settle that before the service is over. 